0: Live, hello everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. Uh, how are we getting on?
1: All good, yourself?
0: I am not too bad. So, uh, today we have a very special guest. Uh, so how about you introduce yourself?
2: Uh, my name is David J. Fielding, and you might know me as Zordon from the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers.
0: David, it's been a long while trying to get you on this podcast, and we are so happy to finally have you on.
2: Yeah, I'm. I'm happy to be here. So,
0: all right. So, I guess we'll dive straight into it then. So, uh, obviously, your Zordon and Mighty, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, which is probably uh, of all the Power Ranger series that have been out, Mighty Morphin is probably you know the most profound, uh, and you know they based uh, the the remake and all off of that. So how did you actually get into uh, that role? Uh,
2: I started studying acting in, in high school and then I got my undergraduate uh, acting degree uh, at a school here in Texas called Southwest Texas State University. And I made a lot of friends while I was there. And when I went to the East Coast, uh, to the University of Pittsburgh to get my master in fine arts, a lot of the friends that I had made in Texas had moved out to California. So uh, when I joined them uh, three years later, uh, one of my friends, uh, Stacy Fish, was actually working at Saban at the time. She was uh, a second assistant uh, director on a number of their direct-to-video movies that they were doing. And she was also working on this pilot that they were shooting for a kid's show. And uh, I had just been in L.A. for a couple of months. I had just moved there. And she asked me if I wanted to come down and audition. And I said, well, sure, that's what I'm here for. And uh, I expected it to be like any other audition. There would be like 15,000 guys. I would go in, read lines, and then never hear anything. Uh, but when I got down to the Saban building that afternoon, uh, turns out they, they were going to cast it that day. And they were going to film it next week. And there was only two of us there. No. And uh, so that first guy went in, and he did his 20 minutes bit, and then I went in afterwards. And uh, luckily, I was the one that they chose.
0: And thank God for that, because you played a hell of a on. <laughs> <laughs> well,
2: thank you. Well, they, they shaved all my hair off, so, you know, oh, I God. gave
0: some. <laughs> did you have any uh, option there, or were they just like, we have to shave your head? Uh,
2: at that point, it, it didn't really concern me. I mean, my hair was going to grow back anyway, so uh, yeah. <laughs> I, ju- I just took, you know, whatever, you know, uh, it was like one of my first professional jobs in LA, so mm-hmm. I wasn't going to say no. I wasn't going to turn it down and uh, lose myself the part over something silly as my hair. My girlfriend <laughs> at the time was very upset about it, but, um, <laughs> uh, you know, it, it grew back. Well, most of it grew back, uh, but uh <laughs> Yeah, it was fine. I mean, I was, I was, it was all good with it, so.
1: I'll have to step away for a second. So,
0: Willem, can you just continue there for a second? Yeah.
1: Um, yeah, so uh, what was it like actually filming for Power Rangers then?
2: Uh, it was very interesting, uh, because uh, my character was only filmed one time, and uh, uh, they just recycled the footage, much like they recycled the footage from the Sentai for all the fighting of the monsters and the putties and stuff like that. So it was in keeping of what they were already doing. It it sucked as an actor, because uh, I wanted to be on camera more. I, I would like to have been on set more with the, with the cast. But... Um, at the, at the time that we filmed, the show hadn't been picked up as a series yet. It was just a pilot. Uh, so yeah. um, we shot for about four or five hours. Uh, I was in a chair, uh, slathered with green paint and a big green screen behind me. <laughs> and uh, Then they just took that footage and folded it into whatever episode they needed Zordon to be in. And they continued to use my face even though I left the series uh, after episode 31 and uh Robert Manahan took over as the voice. They continued to use my face uh all the, for the character all the way up through uh, the uh, countdown to destruction when Andros destroyed the tube so uh, it's quite an interesting legacy uh but uh I didn't get rich off of it <laughs> <But it's laughs>
0: so like after you had joined and played the role were you getting like were people walking by on the street being like holy shit that's zordon no or was it more of like a nobody knew who uh, i
2: was because uh there's the blue filter on the uh the character and stuff like that and when i you know when my hair grew back in uh you you wouldn't be able to tell who i was Uh, and still to this day unless i'm at a convention nobody knows who i am and that's (laughs) that's That, it's really nice to be able to walk through a store or gro- you know grocery shop and not have to <laughs> run into people or something like that. So it's fine.
0: I mean, yeah, that's a that's a good way to look at it. Like, because uh, you could be like, oh no, I like you know I couldn't get noticed, and then that kind of made me upset because people didn't know who I was. But no, you like you look at it a completely different way, which is really good. Like, yeah. Um. So what what do you think of like? Do you know, there's been so many Power Rangers at this point. What do you think of the ones that came after?
2: Um, I think they're all good. I mean, it. everybody arrives at Power Rangers in a different way. There's the original generation that was there in 93 to watch the, the first iteration and grow up with that. Uh, but then there were, like, other uh, kids and teenagers who uh, hooked into SPD or Time Force or... Jungle Fury, Wild Force, you know, which whichever series, uh, you know, it appeals to them. Um, and I, I think they maintain the same message that we had a, at the very, you know, start of the show, which is teamwork is important stand up for your friends uh, and just, you know, just work together and do good in the world. And, and I think that speaks uh, across whatever generation and whatever series you're watching. So... It's, it's always great to be able to meet a new ranger and welcome them into the family and uh, hear their stories about what Power Rangers meant to them before they were actually on the show. Uh, so it, it's a very interesting, uh, uh, like I used the word before, legacy, that it continues to grow and it continues to expand and uh, brings in new people. It, it's amazing that we're sitting here 27 years later and we're still talking about a show that happened such a long time ago but uh it is what it is you know
1: yeah yeah that's very true you said there that it's interesting to talk to like new people that come in to the roles about like what it means to them so like for you looking back on it what would you say that doing it and your time on power rangers meant to you
2: um at at the time, it didn't really mean much other than uh, a job or something. Uh, it was an interesting anecdote that I could tell people at parties, It's like, "Oh yeah, I was I was on a kid's television show." So at, at that time, it, it didn't really mean much. After attending conventions and meeting fans from all over the world, it's become to mean so much more because uh, it's it's one of those things where you. Uh, you meet people from Indonesia or from South America, and it's not our differences that everybody talks about. It's everything that brings us together and what we have in common, what is similar between all of us. And, and that's the amazing thing to me. That's, that's what it means for me, is that uh, we, are, we are more... We are... M- together, we are more. That, that was the, the motto from the, 20, the 2017 movie. And that, that really is true as far as, like, the Power Rangers family. Together, we are more. And uh, that's the one thing that I keep coming back to uh, whenever somebody talks to me about Power Rangers. It's like, this is a common connection that millions of people have. And that's pretty awesome.
1: Yeah. So yeah. It's, it's like the togetherness of it all, though. Yeah. Okay. So, what? So, did you.
0: Well, obviously, in 2017, they made the movie. Did you get to talk to Bryan Cranston about portraying Zordon?
2: <laughs> no, uh, that would have been very cool. I, w- I was excited that, the- that they cast him because my chances of meeting him jumped up about 50%. But <laughs> that-, that hasn't <laughs> happened yet. I mean, uh, I do have my fingers crossed that, that he'll attend a-, a Power Morphicon one of these years. And that would be awesome. Uh, but I was-, I was really, really excited to see what they would do with the character. And I really liked how his face moved in the ship back and forth and uh made it much more dynamic because on the tv show the character is very static he doesn't move very much and as you move into later seasons and episodes he's very frozen he's he's there's not much life to the character whatsoever so uh watching brian bring it to life on the big screen was very cool
0: yeah and do you think uh that the movie did it justice in the end because i know like a lot of fans were kind of upset over it but I honestly, I thought it was a good movie.
2: Um, I really liked it. I mean, I, I, it's a product of its time and the world is a much different place than it was in 1993. Um, I thought they captured the heart of what it was to be about Power Rangers. The, the conversations all of them have around the campfire about uh, you know, learning to become friends and standing up for each other. And uh, again, discovering what they have in common, not what, what, not what separates them. Uh, I think that's that's a big theme in the show. Uh, there are there are some small quibbles I have with it. Uh, like we only get a, to hear a snippet of the theme that everybody knows when the when the Zords are racing towards town. Uh, yeah. Both Austin and I both think that the Zords are way too small. Uh, we really miss the <laughs> skyscraper sky, the skyscraper type Megazords and stuff like that. And I miss my Goldar. I I wanted Goldar from the show. And they gave us this big molten thing and I was a little disappointed in that. But uh Elizabeth Banks as Rito was awesome. uh uh, So I I really enjoyed a lot of it, but you know, just little quibbles here and there. So
0: have you talked to uh the like the other members of the original cast about the movie? Or heard their opinions?
2: Yeah, uh Walter Jones and Austin St John and David Yost and i uh you know we, we discussed it and we, and we we chatted about it and uh, because I do a lot of shows with with Karen Ashley we we just talked about it and uh, everybody you know enjoyed it everybody liked it, but again it wasn't what we knew as power Rangers it was something different uh but you know we didn't have any complaints really of you know we enjoyed it and it was it was one of those things where uh it it sort of reinvigorated uh, what people loved about the old show uh because they would compare it to the movie um and it, it you know it was good all around every everybody uh i don't know what's the what's the right word to to put it uh it it, it just sort of elevated things and, and made things nice so yeah
0: yeah do you think they're going to do a sequel, or do you think they're just going to leave it at that one movie?
2: Uh, well, I know Hasbro has plans to do another movie, but it won't have anything to do with that version of it. I, I,
0: oh, so it'll be like a kind of a reboot of it. Yeah, well, like uh, a, a, another.
2: Yeah, Power be, movie. it won't be that cast. A reimagining of it, yeah. Uh, yeah, but it, it won't. It, they won't bring that cast back, which is a shame because uh, I really enjoyed. Uh, Dacre Mon- Montgomery and Becky G and Naomi and R.J. and Ludy Lynn. I think they all did an amazing job with those characters, and yeah. uh, it would be nice to see what they would have done with the sequel. Uh, I mean, they teased Tommy and the Green Ranger and stuff, so uh, it would have been interesting to see what they would have done with it. But I don't think there are any plans for that. Yeah,
0: I mean, that was. I think that was dacre montgomery's one of his first roles if i'm not mistaken and then he went on to be in stranger things and uh his breakthrough then because i remember i remember watching stranger things and i was just like wait wait is that that the red ranger from power rangers and then i looked it up i was like holy shit it is yeah and uh yeah so uh i agree with you like i i would have liked to see what they would have done with those characters but
2: yeah, it was oh, a nice G. springboard for those actors because they all went to do other projects. I mean, Ludie was in Aquaman and uh, Becky G has her amazing singer singing career and Naomi was in Aladdin and, and some other things, Charlie's Angels. So, I mean, you know, uh, they're all doing great. So so
0: in, you know, a potential... that you probably, uh, might be working on, uh, what would you like to see? the perfect modern power
2: that's a hard question uh because uh if if you if you concentrate too much on the nostalgia you're going to lose the modern audience and if you concentrate too too much on the modern stuff that's happening in the world because everybody has uh uh everybody kind of has a grim and gritty lens that they view things through these days uh yeah, It's a lot of dark and shadow and, and all that kind of things. And Power Rangers back in 1993 was very bright and colorful and uh, very simple in, in a way. Um, so you, you have to find that, that, that balance between the two of um, acknowledging the nostalgia and what made uh, the show fascinating for people in 1993 and then try to make it believable for people who are living in a a post-COVID 2020 world, you know? Um, So, uh, I don't envy the screenwriters trying to figure out uh, the best way to do that. Um, I know that there was uh, some rumor that Hasbro's movie was going to be a time travel movie where the modern Rangers would go back uh, to 1993 and somehow interact with the Rangers from that time. So uh if that if if that is the case it'll be very interesting to see how they make that work if they're going to do um some sort of uh, motion capture and place them back into the footage of the original show or somehow uh use some sort of movie magical cgi effect to to meld it all together uh we'll we'll have to see i mean i don't know
0: I think that making it a time travel movie would pre- it'd be a pretty good move and I, I agree with your uh like talking about the movies nowadays having a more gritty and dark kind of thing cuz I think that was the fa- that was kind of the the uh, downfall of the DC movies like uh, the DC universe yeah. cuz obviously Marvel kind of took a half half approach where some of the movies that had this kind of and then you know most of it is kind of bright cuz obviously it's Disney So, they have to keep a kid friendly and colorful to make toys and stuff like that. But, like, DC kind of went a bit too far with the dark and gritty. And,
2: uh, yeah. uh, DC, uh, they tried to rush uh, too quickly. Marvel had taken time from, like, 2008 to build this universe up to, you know, the Infinity War. And, uh, Uh, DC and, and the WB. We're just rushing really hard to try to keep up with that. And I think they rushed storylines and, uh, uh, because I'm, I like the movies, but I'm not a fan of the Snyderverse. Uh, I, I, uh, I have issues with that, but, um, uh, that's, that's a conversation for a different time, I guess, but, yeah, uh, since we're sure. talking about Power Rangers, but yeah, um, uh, like I said, the the world is, is a much different place nowadays than it was back in 1993. Um, uh, things, you know, people are a little bit more serious about things and um, that that is reflected in the entertainment that we watch these days.
0: <coughs> yeah. Honestly, I do think injecting a bit of color into it now would be a good thing, though. Because, you know, every, we're kind of in a, we're at a stage now where everyone's kind of, down at the moment because you know every like entertainment has kind of dropped off because of covid and you know everyone's stuck inside and not being able to do anything and they're kind (laughs) of alone with themselves and the only real things on tv are kind of dark yeah i don't know about
2: you guys but but all of my like a power
0: rangers movie come out yeah i
2: mean all of my All of my days seem to blend together, and everything seems very gray. So, yeah, uh, uh, any injection of color, you know, would be fantastic. So,
0: uh, yeah, one hundred percent, yeah.
1: Because,
0: like, you can even sorry go on.
1: Yeah, like I'd agree with what you're saying. Like, it's very doom and gloom because of what's happening and stuff. Like,
0: yeah, yeah. Like you can even see here on screen. Like you have this is the twenty. So obviously up here and uh you can see you know they kind of went with the metal suits and kind of darker colors for whereas, if you have I uh, bring it up here
2: yeah I, I think that was influenced by marvel with the iron man and they wanted yeah. to sort of, uh, have something identifiable for the audience that was familiar that. The difference here yeah
0: yeah here we got here we got the cover of mighty Morphin power rangers very colorful and then you got the cover for power rangers
1: yeah yeah 2017 it, it looks a lot like it's an advertisement for a marvel movie and not like it
2: <laughs> yeah well that's your accounting and your marketing teams working together to like sell it to the public so <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you go, that looks like
0: an iron man too yeah but yeah you know if kids see something that uh looks like iron man they're probably going to be more likely <laughs> to go oh it's oh it's uh, it's iron man and then go well, and I've- see that or-
2: yeah, I mean, it's it's also based on um, uh, the last 20 or the last, I want to say, like the last 15 years where uh, movies have become uh, much more realistic than what they used to be. And so uh, when you think about Power Rangers and the fighting and stuff that they do, and you look at the spandex and you think, well, that's not very protective. That doesn't look like it's going to... Um, uh, be a very good defensive measure against all of this bruising and battering that they're doing because of these fights. But then you have yeah. these new suits that um, offer some sort of armored protection and uh, reflects stuff that happens in the real world. If you look at uh, military personnel or uh, uh, police personnel that, that wear this uh, uh, you know, assault stuff for protection, that's the kind of stuff that, that bleeds into your entertainment and your movies and stuff. So that's where the evolution of that comes from. Yeah. Because, yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. just like the old comic book, of you look at the old Captain America uniforms and it's just like, it's very thin fabric. Yeah,
0: in- like lycra.
2: <laughs> right. But then you yeah. look at Cap in the movies and the the design of his suit is, is very much set up for bodily protection and, and it makes sense.
1: Wow. Yeah
0: protective yeah because like i don't think you're gonna survive gunshots in this kind of you know <laughs> spandexy armor
2: I, it's always surprising that they survived all those explosions too but you know there it is
0: yeah but there's a there's a kind of charm to it as well being like you know it's not just in the suits that yeah. they're protected you know they got each other as well
2: yeah, I mean, if they had explained it that it was some sort of Eltarian material that that was super super strong, then stay with the spandex. You know, why why improve on that? So
1: yeah, that's true. Yeah, I think for me, looking at it, there, I think when you compare like the two pictures, like the movie one with like the iron suits and stuff, it does look like it's a lot more serious. Whereas the original, it kind of looks like it's. It's not like not serious. It's more kind of appealing to the younger eye. Yeah, yeah.
0: that's the thing. Yeah, because like you know, when you look like when you look at the original Power Rangers, you realize that it's it's obvious. Like it's you know the target audience is kids. Yeah, because it's very colorful, and you know they're they're a bunch of friends having this kind of, but like well like you know, it's for kind of around like kids or preteen.
1: But yeah. then you like
0: you look at you look at the new one and it's kind of looking more geared more
1: towards the older audience.
0: More focused on teams. And yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mid-teens. It's it's got a bit of an edgier feel to it. Yeah. Even in yeah. the thing, like even in the movie, like uh doesn't I, I actually I'm so sorry, but I cannot uh I cannot remember the name of the character. However, I will look it up right now. <laughs> I apologize. I haven't seen this movie in so long. Right. Uh, yeah, Billy. There we go. Yeah. He pretty much dies in the movie. And spoiler yeah. alert, I apologize. And that entire part is very it's it's not even that it's dark. It's just in, in extremely depressing. Like obviously he comes back, but there's like a whole 20 minute segment where you're like, oh, that's it.
2: Well I, I again I, uh, that's a, that's a function of uh the the more modern and sort of cynical way that we tell stories to each other when, nowadays. Uh yeah. it obviously wasn't made for a uh grade school audience. It was it was made for a much more of a uh over fifteen uh uh young adult audience uh so it was a, it was different altogether and as you get older as as you consume different types of stories what pleased you as a, as a kid is not going to please you as an adult uh, your your brain just doesn't uh accept the reality of it. it as a kid when you're watching the power rangers at five everything that happens in it is real and uh it makes perfect sense that all of these different Zords can fit together and come together to form a Megazord in five seconds. When, as an adult, you know in reality, it's gonna take a lot more time for that thing to get together and build up. And uh, you know people pass away and people have traumatic injuries uh, due to stuff. And uh, the way the story was told, uh, it was a way for Zordon to redeem himself because he was pretty much a jerk through the first part of the movie, so focused on solving the problem that that he couldn't acknowledge that these kids were the right ones to help, and it was only because of uh, Billy dying and then him bringing him back that you know brought everybody together. So I, I thought that was a great moment, uh, much more uh, sophisticated uh, than than the 1993 version. But again, it's it's a result of the times and the kind of stories that that we tell each other and and agree upon these days uh, which you know which is the right way to do it 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 all depends on who you're trying to reach I guess
1: yeah kind of brings a bit more of a realism to it rather than just kind of a Yeah. yeah that's
0: very true yeah like it's
2: and and a lot of that has to do with the fact that um uh the special effects and the uh cgi and practical effects that they can do in movies today is so much more sophisticated than it was back in the early 90s. Yeah. Uh, the the stuff that they were doing during Jurassic Park, which which came out the same year that, that Power Rangers did, that was very early CGI. And you saw how realistic those dinosaurs looked. And it's just gotten better and better from there. And yeah. uh, we as audience members will look at that entertainment, and we will be able to spot right away, that's fake, that's not real. Uh, and that will affect whether or not you enjoy it or not, uh, or mm. if you are immersed in it and uh, suspend your disbelief and just let the story carry you along. Because uh, yeah. you watch like the old episodes of '93, and you're like, "On oh well, it, it's not realistic, but it's fun." So
0: exactly, there's like a, there's that charm to having practical effects and kind of old uh, CGI and special effects and stuff like that. Because I know like we like, whenever we're talking to actors or, like, uh, other movie podcasts and stuff, we always... If we're talking about horror, it always goes back to practical effects with that. Because, you know, there's just, like, yeah, like, you can get a horror movie nowadays where there's, like, bad CG, You know? It doesn't doesn't really give you any feeling of anything. But, like, practical effects, not, like, sometimes, yeah, they can be kind of goofy. But there's that enjoyment there as well to think someone made that and like you know it it was like kind of puppeteered in this thing because uh the movie i always go back to is the thing john carpenter uh, john carpenter even and uh you know like the practical effects in that movie are just absolutely phenomenal like yeah yeah,
2: uh, yeah because uh, the the actors are in the room still kind
0: of like they still yeah. stand up today.
2: When, when the head falls off the table and sprouts the spider legs and walks off, I mean, that thing was in the room with Kurt Russell and those guys. So they got to actually react to that. And that's yeah. special about that. So,
0: yeah. Yeah, because, yeah, you know, you, you can only get so much emotion out of uh, someone, like, staring off into, you know, right. like <laughs> a big stick with, like, uh, ping pong balls on it. Right.
2: Or something well, like that. That. And that, was, that was the problem that they had on the, the TV show because – Uh, Zordon was not with them in the command center. There was a tennis ball up on the wall, and that's what they were looking at. And they had to imagine (laughs) this big face, you know. Uh, Yeah. But had I had I been there on set with them, it might have been a little bit different. You know, the reactions might have been. Then, and that's the one thing that that I was envious about the 2017 movie is that uh, you know it was very clear that they were reacting to Brian's performance as Zordon. it, it wasn't like they were just looking at a wall. I mean, he was either with them on set or or just off camera, and uh, uh, they were able to uh, get a much better uh personal interpersonal reaction with that kind of thing
1: yeah and um, I think another kind of way to look at that would be like the whole like thing about having the practical skills like Dara said to actually. able to make the costumes and the sets and then comparing it to just a lot of stuff being done with technology nowadays like
0: i mean yeah like nothing against uh you know like cgi and stuff like that because there have been some absolutely amazing things if you even if you look at the difference between you know iron man versus so like robert downey jr wearing a whole costume that was custom built for him and then going to end game where he has like, I think a chest piece and yeah. then that's it. Yeah. And there's just, uh, he's wearing just a, a bodysuit with dots all over it right. and just seeing how, how realistic it still is. Like, but like I am like, I'm nothing against um, oh, no, no. CGI and special effects, but you know, I, I still do find that there is a charm to practical and even like,
1: more satisfaction to it
0: back in 93 three uh, uh might exactly, yeah, but like even back in 93 uh, with Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, like that effect, you know, it wasn't so heavily you know, like CGI, so you could st- like there's still that charm to it as well. Yeah. But when you can see something is clearly like you know, not real, you're just kind of like obviously sometimes it's absolutely incredible, but then there's sometimes where you're just like, eh, okay. You know, it must be overused as well. Yeah. Right, I'm, I'm a movie now that kind of overuses it, but, you know, even like with the Marvel movie, I love them and the, uh, the effects are incredible. But then, you know, in the big battle scenes, everyone kind of blends together and you don't know who you're watching or what you're watching or what if, if who you're watching is real. Or if it's just a bunch of CGI uh looking like a lot of people. Yeah. So yeah. Uh I don't know where to go from that, but yeah. Anyway, uh the ser- so in the series when they were using the uh obviously the Zords and the Megazords, was that kind of scaled? So would it be like like a lot like obviously they didn't make a huge uh robot that was the size of a building and then uh use that but i was just wondering how they did it well,
2: I and mean, uh that that sort of technology and the way that they are filming that was uh was pioneered back during the uh the godzilla early godzilla years where it's a it's a person in a suit and the uh the set's is shrunk down so that a man-sized figure can actually walk through a, uh, a city with buildings that come up to their you know to their waist or whatever and makes them look extremely giant so I mean it's it's all very practical effects it, it's it's very obviously not realistic but because <laughs> the scale matches to what you think this thing is uh, your mind goes okay well I can accept that and uh, <laughs> Again, I, you know, it's, it's a time-honored tradition of uh, practical special effects where you actually put somebody in the suit and they're actually moving around and reacting in real time to getting hit and, and that sort of thing. Uh, but I'm, I'm sure there are, are uh, little snippets of behind-the-scenes stuff from the Sentai that you can find anywhere and uh, check all that stuff out. But yeah. those guys are some unsung heroes of you know, battling big monsters in these suits and nobody knows who you are, so.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I think it's it's kind of creature effects like workers because we had, um, we were talking to, his name comes back to me now, hopefully. Ian White, Uh, White, that was it, yeah, Ian White. Uh, And he played Predator in Alien vs. Predator. And he was telling us how in the first one, they had to put a suit on him and then put all all the armor on him and how, you know, horrible that was. Being right. there. Well, like he said, like, it was like it was nice. But, you know, after,
1: after a while,
0: yeah, I you know, to that's get into like... my suit and have all these people put armor on. Yeah. And then in the second one, they just kind of built the armor onto the bodysuit. So we just have to get into the bodysuit. I think you said it took an hour and a half to get all the armor on at the start, and then I think it was 45 minutes with the uh, bodysuit. Yeah. Yeah, those guys are, you know, pretty incredible. And, like, you never, like, you rarely see their faces, so it's kind of like, oh, you know, you would have never known. But,
1: yeah that goes kind of back to the conversation we were just having about like the practical skills versus cgi and stuff like
0: yeah
1: nowadays you don't really get to appreciate them people that do do all the stuff for like creature characters and stuff as much because there is a lot more cgi work and stuff though yeah
0: that's very true hmm. so do you think if uh saban or hasbro ever approached you to uh be zordon again do you think you'd go for it or would you let them uh take someone else
2: oh i'd be happy to i mean uh i'm not really sure that anybody uh who's in production has floated that idea to you know studio heads uh uh but uh if if they asked me and and the script was right and uh all the other factors were okay. I'd, I'd be happy to come back and play Zordon. Uh, it's kind of difficult though because, uh, uh, especially with the the new series and stuff that they're doing, because uh, Zordon was never part of the Sentai, and they they still use some of the Sentai footage for the series that they're making, and there's no Zordon storyline that's that fits in with any of that stuff. So. Uh, trying to rewrite the episodes to work in the character uh, in some way or others is, is rather difficult uh, as far as uh, I, again with the movie plans I, I have no idea what what's going on with that um, but uh, if i was asked to come back and reprise the role uh, i'd be more than happy to yeah. uh,
0: do you ever have people like you were saying obviously you go to a lot of comic-cons and talk to a lot of fans do you? Yep. Dress
2: as Zordon. Do I ever dress as Zordon?
0: No. Do you ever have anyone who comes kind of dressed as Zordon?
2: Oh, or yeah. Or cosplaying I, I, as Zordon? Uh, when the first Power Morphicon I went to in 2014, there was a young man who was cosplaying as Zordon, and he had painted his face blue, and he was carrying around a big uh, <laughs> set that had all the <laughs> rangers on it. It was amazing. And I've seen other uh, cosplayers who uh, will try to create like a power chamber, it's it's very creative. Uh, all the cosplay that I've ever seen, for no matter what franchise it is, whether it's Power Rangers or Alien or uh, you know whatever's popular, you know, Transformers, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, it's awesome. Uh, that somebody is so inspired to use their creative energy to recreate the costumes from something that that they hold very near and dear to their heart. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. That, that's a really good use of your time. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. so Do we'll you think it.
0: you'd ever go to a convention cosplaying the Zordon?
2: Um Like Brian Cranston did as Walter White at, at Comic Con. Um I don't yeah. know if I could pull it yeah. off. I, I I really don't know if I could pull it off. Uh, huh. <laughs> uh, I just don't see myself walking around uh, in a in a in a big tube. Uh, with my face painted all day, I don't think I could do
0: that.
2: <laughs> yeah, credit to
0: those guys who can do that.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Just looking at some of the cosplay that, like, even has been in Dublin over the last few years, like the amount of time and work
2: that some people
1: put into it. That yeah, must very, be just yeah. yeah,
2: very detailed. The the armor, the stuff that they put together, the molding of it is yeah. just really, really great.
0: Yeah, like you have to have some skills to do that. Like, some people just kind of pick it up, and then you know, some people work on uh TV shows or they're engineers and they know how to work with these kind of substances and you know, make actual physical armor, right? Which is insane. I know people have made like their own, uh, I've seen of like you know, they have their own kind of, I think. Some guy who cosplayed as Batman has the, what is it? I think it's the world record for the Batman cosplay with the most gadgets. And I think I had like 200 and something gadgets in this one suit. And I was like, how long do you work on something like that to get all these things to fit in the suit? Right. And it's just insane. I don't know if I'd ever be able to do it. I was, when I was going to go to Comic Con, I was, uh, I went the kind of simple route, and I was going to go as Ash Ketchum from Pokemon. <laughs> uh, that was a few years ago now. Yeah, no, nah, who, who, could you imagine me? But, like, I had the whole thing. I had the hat. I had the, like, kind of jacket. And, uh, yeah, like, you know, just the difference between getting those things off of Amazon and then, you know, building your own proper, like, entire mech suit or something like that. Right. It's just fascinating. Like, Honestly. What do you think... Uh, like, Obviously, you've been to a good few Comic-Con, so what, what would you say is the best cosplay you've ever seen?
2: Uh, I saw a Hulkbuster. Uh, the Hulkbuster armor, which was this 12-foot tall construction. The, the guy was on stilts on the inside of it. And the face would open up, and it was just this amazing, gigantic uh recreation of the Hulkbuster armor, which was just mind blowing i it was just amazing to watch that kind of thing, so
0: yeah that, was, that must have taken like
2: months or yeah or, yeah, I mean people put years years and stuff. to build even
0: yeah yeah it's insane yeah. Have you ever seen like the the Transformer cosplays?
2: Uh, yeah I've seen a number of them and uh, I've seen like the little kids who can fall down into the car and stuff it, those,
0: it, I find those so cool Yeah, it's like I
2: think, I think I saw a video a while
1: ago of like uh, it was a little kid they were like lying on the floor in like the shape of a car from Transformers and they stood up and it was like the full body of I think it was Bumblebee or whatever Yeah It's pretty incredible like
0: Yeah you know, uh, Like it's it, it, it's kind of it's crafty like And uh you know it gets it gets kids kind of interested in being creative with the time they have and stuff.
1: Yeah. Whether
0: it takes like two days or two months or two years, like you know, the work you put into something and then finally getting to wear it to like this place that you love, I think it's incredible. Like and like, you know, it's it's a good way to express creativity because then like you know, and like people can do music or they can do theater or you know they can be uh, and then you know it's a good way to express your kind of creativity
2: i mean that that kind of stuff is very infectious because uh somebody will spend a great deal of time making that thing and they'll go to a comic-con and somebody will see them walking around and that will inspire them to try to do something else which will then inspire something else inspire somebody else and it just spreads you know like uh in, in a very good way i mean it's You'll, you, you never know uh, how, how you're going to touch somebody else's life, you know, and you should always be very mindful of that, that your, your actions do resonate with other people. And, um, you know, trying to do something positive with that is, is obviously the goal of what everybody is trying to do and, and to make, make everything better for everybody else and, and uh, not be very destructive with stuff you know
0: yeah yeah do you find that true for you as well where like uh you know obviously you've portrayed uh zordon you've been in and uh like do you find that true that people have come up to you and be like oh yeah when i saw you on screen i was like oh yeah you know that might be something i'd like to do or to try to
2: uh i've i've met a number of fans that uh not necessarily my character, but have been inspired by other characters on the show to, uh, you know, become heroes in their own right. They they are uh, people that grew up watching the show who grew up to become firefighters or EMTs or to join the military to try to 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 serve. You know, to to protect their neighborhood, to protect their town. Uh, that's very inspiring and and to hear those stories it's it's very surreal and and very humbling to know that um, something I did twenty seven years ago is impacting lives in a very positive way um, it's it's very uh heartwarming and special to know that something like that uh, continues to inspire and continues to ripple outward so it's awesome yeah, yeah
1: one of the best things about doing what you do is just like hearing stories like that and stuff and finding out that people have done such yeah the
2: the world over because you know we we talk to people from from all over whether it's indonesia south america uh australia great britain uh europe uh and they all have similar stories about uh how the show inspired them to to be better to be bigger and uh uh that that's something that i i think is something that i will carry with me for the rest of my life that that it was very positive so
0: yeah right and uh just one more question before we finish up it's been 20 uh might more from power rangers and uh obviously in 3 years it's going to it's going to be 30 so right. is there any plans for a 30th anniversary kind of get together or something like that
2: Oh, I'm, I'm sure there will be. Um, uh, <clears throat> I haven't heard anything right now, but uh, I can't imagine that anybody will let <laughs> the 30th anniversary of Power Rangers pass by without something happening.
0: Oh uh, yeah, 100%. <laughs> so, uh,
2: you know, it, Hasbro has the license now. I, I don't know what they have planned or anything like that. So um, I look forward to, you know, if I'm still around at that point, uh, to see what that's all about. So. Very exciting to, to see it.
0: <laughs> well, we look forward to it, too. And, uh, David, I just want to thank you so much for uh, coming on today.
2: My pleasure. It's been an
0: absolute pleasure. It's uh, to to be able to get together. So if people want to find you and uh, get in contact or just kind of look at your stuff, uh, where can they get it? Uh,
2: well, they can find me on Twitter at David J. Fielding. Uh, they can find me at on Instagram at DJFielding underscore Zordon. And if they do a search on Facebook for Zordon, my my Zordon page should pop up on Facebook as well.
0: Cool. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on again. Uh, it's been a pleasure talking to you. And to uh, for everyone who watched and listened, thank you. Make sure you like, subscribe, comment, tell your grandma
1: about the podcast, and take yeah. your handy.
2: Good day.